Hmm, that's weird. That's weird. Kind of weary me out. You are a sad, strange little man. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. You should know weird. That's weird, man. It's strange. What's up, campers? Welcome back to episode 156 of Camp Strange. I'm your camp counselor, Alex Tobin. And I'm your other camp counselor, Thomas Coleslaw. And we're back. I'm finally back. David was gone. I was gone. Uncle Jerry was here. But guess what? We're back and we're stronger than ever. I feel so strong recently. The blood coursing through my body has never felt hotter. <laughs> And we're back to bring the spooky, wacky, weird, strange in. David, you never told me your word. Yeah, I, I couldn't think of a word um, oh, that wouldn't pe- just blow it, out the, blow it out of the water. You know? Dude, I got it perfect. Spooky, wacky, weird, strange, and pizza. Pizza. Because, as I just told David, I am currently drinking a Swami's Indian Pale Ale from Pizza Port Brewing Company in San Diego, California. Are they but, paying us? No, but... Oh. It inadvertently ties into my story, which also has to do oh. with pizza. Ooh. So I forgot. I just totally forgot. So, um, yeah, we're back to ring the pizza. And uh, But before we do, we got to catch you up. Well, uh, sorry, everybody. i just been so swamped with work, and it's been just banging my head against the wall. And that's why I haven't been able to uh, jump in on the podcast and everything like that. So I just want to apologize. And uh, David was, uh, he was stuck on a, you never see, you ever see one of those um, polar bears that's floating out in the middle of the ocean and like global warming and like, and like, it's like stranded. David was stuck on one of those. Yeah. That's why he couldn't come to the podcast. He was stuck on one of those and just got smaller and smaller. I don't even Until, remember what I was. How'd you get out of it, David? Uh, <laughs> I love doing this this impromptu improv of, of just putting this on you. How'd you get out of it, David? I built a raft out of all the seals I shredded. <laughs> just, just annihilated them. Do you know a seal's body warms up the Arctic Ocean 10 degrees? So David is actually fighting global warming i did the math i knew how many seals i could kill to make a raft before my my flotation ice structure would melt from the temperature changing did the calculations he's a it was a thousand and six it was a thousand and six seals i was in a galleon ship of seal carcass Currently, his seal his seal island is heading towards that trash island in mm-hmm. the it's, middle it, of the it's Pacific. Gonna, they're gonna collide soon. <laughs> they say it's gonna cause World War Three. It's not Russia and Ukraine. It's the seals and the trash. You better watch out, guys. What you don't understand is I actually set my courses towards it because I did build some sea, um, you know, sea lion uh, cannons out of their corpse because I Ooh. plan on destroying. The famous trash island. Oh, you, they always say if you shoot something with a cannonball, it just mm-hmm. goes away. I've seen the Patriot. I know what happens to that guy's fucking head. I mean, it's just seal skulls. <laughs> so they're not cannonballs. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah, it makes sense. Anyway, they're light. Um, they're lightweight. You got to shoot a lot of them. So yes. I killed a mm-hmm. lot of them. It's it's productive. 
Daddy was hungry. So anyway, we gotta uh, we gotta catch up on any of the weird news you may have missed. And David, I got one right here that is just so fun and terrifying. American Airlines flight attendant strikes passenger on the head with coffee pot who tried to breach the cockpit mid-flight. So hey, what's going on there? So they, see, I, want to, I want to see all the cocks. Okay. <laughs> the big old hole pit. Yeah, I got this. I never seen a pit full of them. I got just, a knife I want to add to the pile. I want to add to the just, pit. I've just seen my uncles, but I want to see a pit full of them. Come on. He shows me when I'm down in the pit, and <laughs> I just want the. I just want to get the. I want to. I want to get the power back. I want to be on top, and I want to see them in the pit. All for, of uh, them. for once, I want. I want to see the pit from above, not from within. <laughs> so, um, but so this guy, uh, the. They still haven't said why he rushed the cockpit. They probably he don't mi- know why. He, he probably doesn't know why. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. But I'm guessing there might have been alcohol involved, or he might have just had like a psychotic break, or he might have been somebody who was doing terrorisms. And uh, I don't really know. But luckily, we had a flight attendant with not a glass. Do you? I mean, it makes it makes total sense, but I've never really thought of it. Dude, look at this coffee pot. That's an awfully hot coffee pot. <laughs> it's, it looks like one of those uh, things that old Western guys spit into in the corner of the bar. Of I the, believe of you the are thinking of a spittoon. That's what I'm thinking of. Um, but yeah, so they had this coffee pot that just made out of stainless steel. And apparently this guy just started running up towards the uh, to the cockpit door and like yanking on it and, you know, just doing whatever he could to get in the pit and this uh, flight attendant just took this coffee pot and just started beating the shit out of this guy in the head he was bleeding everywhere and everybody thought that they were gonna die because then the the plane started going downward really fast because uh they had to they had to land it or something and i mean it makes sense but uh just kind of crazy i don't think i've ever experienced anything uh too crazy on an airplane before a little turbulence but I've never had anybody yell for a doctor. I've never had anybody get hit over the head with a coffee pot. I've never really had anybody, like, freak out either. Like, People are just losing their fucking minds these days. That's just what it is. We're all cooped up. Yeah, because, I That's mean. what the I, government wants. We, we, all, we all see the thing where they're like, like, airlines are not serving now alcohol. Like, they're, they're trying to get rid of alcohol or, like, underserving because people are getting drunk and, like, fighting people on the planes. Like, some, some stewardess got, like. Uh, her teeth knocked out by a guy or something. Jesus. You're like, what the fuck is going on? And like, I don't know, but that hey, shit. If they want to, if they want to breathalyze me on a flight and know when to cut me off, go for it. I'm not getting on a flight tanked. You know uh, what I mean? You're, mm, you're not. I don't. No, care. I'm not. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like this is public bus territory, not airplane. Come on. Yeah. You know, like. If you punched out my teeth on a public bus, I'd be like, I got on the bus. I don't know what I yeah. expected. <laughs> I deserve this. If if you get on a bus, you better be expecting a black eye because uh, that's where that's where that's where the shit goes down. But plane, I feel like, come on, they trick you. They give you, a, they let your seat go back one inch. They, yeah. <laughs> they which is it, it doesn't feel like much for you, but the person behind you's day is ruined. Do you know how often I put my seat back? And then I sit there and I go, my seat's not back. And then I try to push back more and I go, oh, my God, my seat's back. Oh, yeah. And then they go, 
your seat can't be back. And I go, it's literally not. It's one inch back. It, is this going to kill me? I'm just heavy. Is this going to kill me? You guys aren't giving me any leeway with this lean back on this chair, which I get. But mm. how dare they accuse me of almost dying on the airplane by having it back. Sorry. Yeah. I don't play those games. Give me, you know what? I like a coffee. You can leave the pot here. No, yeah, I'll take a full pot. <laughs> Sir, we can't leave the pot here. Mm. Well, keep talking to me like that. I'm going to go get the pot. Yeah. And guess what? I'm creating a raft out of seals, too. Yeah. Sir, you're going to have to get off the plane. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, that was my new story. So uh, right. what do you got, David? Uh, man arrested for training his dog to throw bricks at people. Mm. It threw it? So uh, this is a uh, New Zealand article. Uh, this shit's which... going down in New Zealand? I thought everybody there was like pretty like, you know, they got rid of COVID quick. I thought there was no conflict there. Maybe All amongst it's... the dogs. I'm just saying that this, this article is uh, not good. Uh, Wait. <laughs> it starts off by saying uh, they say dog is a man's best friend, but somebody took it too literally. An Asian man was arrested after it was reported that he had <laughs> trained a dog to throw rocks at people when they are knocking. Wait, wait. wait they just wait. said an Asian man. Also, you just went from bricks to rocks. Yeah, no, I'm seeing it. It's uh, There's a photo <laughs> of the dog. And uh, it's like parts of cinder blocks. Wait, is this the pit bull with yeah. the cinder block in its mouth? I honestly don't even think that this is a real article. I honestly Probably think that it. somebody found that picture. No, what I think, I think what it is, I think it's an old video, but I think that they have discovered who it is, and now that man is arrested. Oh, what? Well, because, okay, first off, I have a couple qualms with this story. There's a yeah. difference between a throw and a drop. Are we correct? It's true because but the gravity dog might have thrown it an inch and then it dropped. Okay, know? but true. But if you're going to arrest that man, you have to arrest Isaac Newton as well. It's true because gravity, the man who invented it. <laughs> yeah, go rip his rotten. Why bones did you out invent? Why did you invent gravity, Isaac mm-hmm. Newton? But I'm just saying, gravity's doing most of the most of the work on that drop. You know, if you it's throw true. it, you're you're doing most of the work. But yeah. So I don't know. I think it's uh I think it's a fun home alone trick that you can do to people trying to tell you about Jesus or magazines at your front door. Yeah. No soliciting. I'm gonna get a no solicitor sign, dog may murder your ass with a brick. Do you get any solicitors? None whatsoever. Oh, that's I right. got a you... guy smoking crack out in front of my house once. You don't you don't legally live in a place though. <laughs> <laughs> where you where you live is illegal. You know what's weird? We have a lot of delivery people ask if this is an actual residence. Yeah. And they went and every time we go, we go, yeah, and they go, huh. Hmm. Okay. Good to know. And then they they never come back and deliver the same package. So I have a conversation yeah. with the next person. But yeah, we live in like a weird building above a above a, a place and a, res, uh, a business and then like people just go i i don't think this is allowed and i don't even know if it's allowed but we're, we're living here and yeah. uh to, i just wish they'd fix the giant hole in the roof and 
the tarp on the window you mean and the, the skylight. No, I just mean you're trying to make you're <laughs> you're making my house to sound my apartment to sound like a piece of shit. No, your place is super nice. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Say it again. I mean, I've never seen it in person, but I I'm looking at it through our uh, FaceTime. It's nice. We it's got nice. we got wood on the ceiling, wood on the floor, wood in the pantry, and wood on the doors. Wood in my brain and wood in the fridge. We got some wood and we got some kids. We got some wood on the windows. They're not made of glass. Wood in my pants. Yeah, wood up my ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounded suggestive. I almost feel like I need to like edit in an instrumental to that. Just give me like a hi hat. Oh, there we go. There it is. Wood on my pants and my wood on my dick and my wood on my eyeballs. We're reading quick. And what? My phone is on silent, so I don't know why it just made that noise. I got a text from David the Coward, and it's something I will not read over this podcast. Did he? Oh, he texted me that he's the prime suspect of an Amber Alert. Uh, I don't know if you can read it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. it, it says, uh, did it have a fat? And then I'm not going to read the, the last word. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, let's move on. <laughs> okay. That guy is a, so, he's something else. I tell you. Um, anyway, um, oh, this next one I got right here. Um, Pastor Mike Todd apologizes for rubbing spit on churchgoers' face. Hell yeah. <laughs> so I, I just like, I love these pastors. Hey, you know what? If you, if you go to these pastors, that's totally fine. Not knocking any religion. As long as it's not like hurting anybody and, and telling people that they're bad and making people feel bad or, you know, or other people feel bad then like go for it. But some of these churches are real funny to me. You know, you watch the video of them screaming at each other and like, oh, yeah. and, uh, this guy, I guess was, uh, he, he said he got a little carried away. He said the, the Lord, the Lord, may, uh, got a little bit too deep in his bones and it made him spit a glob on someone's face, which is, you know what? If they're if they're into it and he's into it, and the if they're in the goers, glob zone, you gotta realize that you're gonna get globbed up. <laughs> the front row of his church, they have like, uh, uh, what's the it called? Zone. Yeah, the the ponchos with like the tarp oh. and like that is so fun. Uh, oh, Pastor Todd's Pastor Todd, Pastor Mike Todd, but it's funny because he's like a young hip guy, and he's like he's wearing a beanie, and he's got like a he's cool. He's got like a oh, nice yeah. sits on chairs backwards. He's got a nice lineup and stuff like that, and he's just like yeah, he sits on chairs backwards. He's cool, uh, but he said he said he's apologized for being too extreme and disgusting. I love everybody, and he posted like uh, a thirst trap Twitter post, and he just he's like biting his lip like mm, like oh, you know yeah. He's this good, good-looking uh, Michael Todd over here, Pastor Todd. But my favorite thing is a recent video I saw that, David, you might have heard this. This was a Tennessee pastor. I just want to play a little bit. I'll see if you can hear it. This is a Tennessee pastor who— uh, Was it the one I sent you? Uh, did you send this to me? The about one about the, the hair? The witches. Oh no 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 no! I sent you one. Oh. I sent you one about the guy freaking out about everybody's haircuts, saying they weren't Christian enough and they were oh. too liberal. No, I didn't see that. I gotta watch that one. Okay, but listen to this guy. Last names of six witches that are in our church, and you know what's strange? Three of you are in this room right now. 
<laughs> He's dancing around. Wait, wait. Three of you in the room right now. <laughs> you better look in my eyeballs. We ain't afraid of you, you stinking witch. In the name of Jesus Christ, we break your spells, we break your curse, we got your first name, we got your last name, we even got an address for one of you. <laughs> you so much as wait. cough wrong, and I'll expose you in front of my other you were sent to this church to destroy us. You that was the telling sign for me. Two of you in my wife's Bible study. You know the wife just hates these bitches. I mean oh, yeah. witches. Yeah, yeah. Makes she got in a, yeah, she, dubs. she got in a fight with these two women over something dumb and then she told her pastor husband and he's like oh she's a witch watch this and then he says like you better leave right now or i'm gonna expose you for being a witch so just i mean a a real christian wouldn't even give him a chance to leave he would have burned that entire place down (laughs) he's not a real that's the guy i love i love the guy not i don't love this guy i love the guy scrutinizing this guy for being like you should have just burned them while they weren't looking. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like the more extreme, the more extreme uh like religious fanatic, the the funnier to me. He's like I hate the like the guy that like is like Alex Jones is a coward for for not exposing everything and you're like, "Oh my god, like this guy, you know?" Yeah. It's, it's nuts. Yeah. Uh, quick side note, um, anybody looking for a new television show, I, I believe Righteous Gemstones is a pretty good television show. That Oh, uh, I haven't seen that. Have you not watched any of it? No, I've heard oh, really God. good things. but so good. Mm. But yeah, it's an HBO show about um, like mega churches starring John Goodman, um, uh, Adam Devine from Workaholics, and uh, Danny, Danny McBride from... Mm. Um, I don't even know Everything. what to say. Uh, uh, Eastbound, Eastbound and Down, and down Tropic mm-hmm. Thunder. Oh, he is in Tropic Thunder. That's right. Yeah. Totally forgot. But, um, yeah, I, I got to watch that show. I mean, I like I said, I, I love it. I love the I love the, the energy. I love the witches. He believes what we believe. There's witches. There are witches. And they love God, to go I to just, church. I love how fired up they get. Yes, stinking witches. Love it. It's so fun. <sighs> Yeah. Anyway, uh, you got another one for me? Yeah, a British tourist reunited with false teeth he <laughs> lost in Spain 11 years ago. Shut up, really? Yeah. This one's great. I actually read this news article. Um, it's good. So, Paul Bishop, I... 30, uh, not 36, 63. Oh, my God, when did he lose his teeth? Paul Bishop, 63, uh, said he fell ill after drinking cider during a night out at the Spanish Party Resort in 2011. After Paul's dentures were found in a landfill, Spanish authorities used DNA records to eventually track down uh, Bishop. And uh, where's the good part? He said, uh, he said, effort. He said he was gobsmacked and stunned when he saw his long lost mashers. Um, <laughs> my my mashers, G N A S H. Oh my my gna- my gnashers my, my gnashers. gnashers. 
recalling the events of that hazy night before uh, more than a decade ago, Paul told BBC Northwest Tonight, I had down the rest of my cider and it decided to come back up. The bin was the closest thing to me. When we headed to the next bar, my friend turned me around and said, uh, where are your teeth? <laughs> Did he go on the public bus? <laughs> Holy That's shit. what happens when you go on the yeah. bus. You get your teeth knocked out. Holy shit, he threw up his teeth. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say stereotypes are true, but I have to say they're true. The the British just don't take care of their teeth. Well, what's funny is I just I'm mean looking... like they lose them, not that they fall out of their mouth. I just mean they lose them. I'm looking at the photo of the guy, and he's holding up his dentures next to his new smile, which his new smile looks great. Um, but his old dentures, and it might have to do with the fact that they've been sitting in a landfill for 11 years. <laughs> Did he put them back in his fucking mouth? They look like Austin Powers' teeth. Oh, hell yeah. Some like funny, some funny Halloween teeth. Like big and yellow. Yeah, very, very. You know, like when you're. Yeah. Every so fucking I, I, kid had those. I'm not sure if they were potentially, like, if they were intentionally made like that to pass off as British, funnier. British teeth. Uh, um, oh. Um, we love our British audience, you guys. Don't. Oh, yeah. Americans are fat. We're all fat and We mean. shoot up schools and we're fat. Yeah, I mean, we call it what we call it for what it is. You guys don't have fluoride in your water, okay? That's just the <laughs> way it happened, okay? And sometimes you brush your teeth with sugar paste. <laughs> yeah, it um, happens. Or you just don't do it at all. Exactly. I so, miss nights you know, here and there, you know? Never oh. in the morning. <laughs> Well, yeah, because yeah, you got to go see people. When I'm when I'm going to bed, I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not seeing nobody. Katie's already yeah. asleep. It's just me and this big cookie. And I eat the cookie, and then I'm comfortable. And I say, I'm not getting up. The cookie is yeah, down. You, yeah, you I'm keep down. the cookie in the pillow. I always keep three cookies in the pillow. <laughs> After I eat a cookie in bed, usually my legs don't work because of the diabetes, so I can't get up and go walk and brush my teeth. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's just how it works. Anyway, I think we're caught up on the news. Unless you have it, oh, I got I got one more. It's, oh, a quick, it's a quick one though. This is gonna be a long one, boys and girls. Uh, new MoviePass app will use eye tracking to force you to watch ads. Wait, <clears throat> MoviePass is back. I, it's coming out with an app. Oh shit, boy! And it's gonna be watching you and making sure you're watching them fucking ads. Oh or my god! No movie for you, little bozo. So you can't, like, walk away to, like, go... Like, if you walk away, you take your eyes off the TV, it, like, pauses until you look at the TV again. Yeah. It's like, uh, don't they have that for... Uh, so there's some, like, streamers that do that where, like... Don't look at the boobs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those they'll are great. Ha- Those are really funny. They'll have, like, a streamer guy be like, okay, I'm going to watch this, like, uh, this this woman w- talk and... Workout video. Yeah, like a workout video, and, and she's uh, developed, uh, I'd like to say, and... Uh, the whole thing is we're seeing where this guy's eyes are tracking on the video the entire time. So if he looks anywhere that's uh, seen you can, as yeah, you can see where his eyes are looking. Exactly. So if you see you see like the little cursor on the screen, look at like where his eyes are looking at on the screen. And I saw this one video. The guy's like, I'm I'm not gonna I'm gonna do real good. I'm gonna and then immediately when the video came on, he like looks at her. Talk about, talk about the like, way he does like a he does like a two minute speech about how he's not gonna give in, and the <laughs> yeah. second the video starts, he looks straight <laughs> at her. <chest. laughs> 
<laughs> yep. Oh Jesus, these people. Uh, but all right, now we can do the the goddamn podcast. Okay, let's do the podcast. Let's do this. I wonder how many people just like turn it off now. They're just most, here for the news. Maybe we most, should just be doing the news. Yeah, we'll just do news from now on. But this one's a good one, so you might want to stick around. <clears throat> so here we go. Now, David, this story, okay, I wrote this, like, I wrote half of this, like, a year ago, and I came back to this, and I was like, oh, oh I'm yeah. going to, like, finish this. So if I get shit wrong or say something stupid, this was a year ago, me. So, so the story I'm about to tell you is still to this day considered the uh, one of the uh, fuck me here there we go it is. not even two words <laughs> well because i knew i cursed myself a stinking witch fucking stinking witch <laughs> fucking cursed me um the story i'm about to tell you is still to this day considered by the fbi itself one of the most complicated and bizarre crimes in the annals of the fbi don't like that word still mm. said it yeah. Um, filled with bombs, robbery, and the most important piece, pizza. Doing pizza gate? I'm not doing pizza gate. A little oh, different. Wow. So now the story. Out, I'm glad I asked that now and got that out of the way. You just had pizza gate on the mind. You did pizza gate, didn't you? I thought one of us did. I didn't do pizza gate. Yeah, sounds we like can my do pizza shit. Gate. So now, now this story uh, has gotten some media attention in the past few years in such movies like 2011's 30 Minutes or Less with Jesse Eisenberg or a more recent documentary that premiered on Netflix called Evil Genius. But now Camp Strange will get its shot to tell the legendary tale. Now this is the story of the murder of Brian Wells. So I think David, I heard you go. I heard you give me an ah, like you knew what I was talking about when I said the thirty minutes or less thing. Do you know what I'm talking about? When you said evil genius, I I couldn't stop thinking about uh, the beloved film Baby Geniuses. Oh, that dude! Don't get me started on Baby Geniuses, dude. You know there's three of them, and I'm like obsessed, right? We need to figure out a way we could do a viewing party and anybody Dude, can come let's, watch. Let's just pivot this podcast a to Discord. watching real bad movies. I love them. Once dude. a week. Dude, there's John Voight is in a fucking he's in two baby geniuses and his name's Moriarty and he literally just films all of his scenes in like a taxi cab in one day and probably gets to check for like ten thousand dollars and then probably like drinks it away. John Voight? Yeah, Angelina Jolie's father. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, he's the one who's like, you put the damn Declaration of Independence in my oven. <laughs> Remember that from, from uh, what's that movie with Nick Cage? Baby Geniuses 2. No! National Treasure. National Treasure. There we go. Yeah, he's the dad in that. Oh, jeez, I got the Declaration of Independence in my oven. <laughs> no, am I going to bake my lasagna? <laughs> oh, that's cool. That was a spooky ghost. Stinking witches. Anyway, okay. So, on the afternoon, like you said, uh, David, I don't know if you fucking know the story. Do you know the story or not? Vaguely. Vaguely, okay. not really. Well, I'll kind just go in. Okay. I thought we already did this story, to be completely honest. We did not, okay? We didn't. So, on the afternoon of August 28, 2003, 46-year-old Brian Wells received a call to deliver two pizzas to 8631 Peach Street in the hometown of Erie, Pennsylvania. 
That's where Dracula was born. Yep. Lake Erie. That's where he goes water skiing. Go Penguins. So, uh, Wells was a high school dropout who had worked at Mama Mia's Pizzeria for the past 10 years. Nothing wrong with that hard worker. Great great guy, probably. Uh, this delivery, <laughs> This delivery seemed just like any other except for the address. The address led to a television network network's transmitting tower at the end of a dirt road. See, now this next part of the story is where the theories and questions start to come into play. There are still some details about the whole ordeal that we do not know, but I will provide the information on what was at first believed to have happened and then what may have actually happened. So, what was believed to have happened at the time from Wells' own testimony, was that when he arrived at the tower, three black men jumped him and forced a collar around his neck that was fixed with an explosive. After the bomb was placed, Wells was given a makeshift homemade shotgun which had the appearance of an unusually shaped cane, a walking cane. And then he was also given nine pages of handwritten instructions. It's, like, already, like, a real good premise for a movie. I mean, they made the movie out of it, but, like, yeah. how – this is – it's great. I I love the concept already. You know it's good about homemade shotguns? What? They're good for one shot. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Fuckers blow up. <laughs> they shoot backwards at the <laughs> – They shoot every direction. <laughs> Well, it wasn't like a homemade shotgun. It looked like they, they made a sawed-off, so it looked like they sawed off the barrel, which that was how a sawed-off was originally made. They took a long shotgun and then yep. sawed off the barrel. But then they, like, fucking taped it up with all this duct tape and then, like, made it, they put, like a, a, like, a stick on the end to make it look like a walking cane, but it was actually, like, a shotgun handle was the handle part. And it was, you know, it's kind of weird. It's I don't know. It's very interesting. Yeah. So... So, like I said, nine pages of instructions and a homemade shotgun. The instructions addressed to Bomb Hostage, cool name, Mm. listed, you know my nickname, um, listed not only that he had to rob a bank to obtain money for the kidnappers, but also a series of strictly timed tasks to collect keys that would delay the detonation of the bomb and eventually defuse it. You know, the bomb's around his neck, too, so uh, uh-huh. th- that's the place you don't want the bomb to go off. No. Additionally, it warned that Wells would be under constant surveillance and any attempts to contact authorities would result in the bomb's detonation. Act now, think later, or you will die was scrawled at the bottom of the instructions. Like, I can't think of a more, like, cinematic like story you know what i mean like yeah it seems like i never saw that movie guns akimbo with like uh with daniel radcliffe but he has like yeah. guns put stuck to his hands or something yeah, like that he can't get them all yeah i feel like this is like one of those kind of situations i know like 30 minutes or less they like literally repeated exactly what this is to a certain extent but i never finished that movie i fell it, asleep it's kind of it, it's it's a bummer because i feel like the movie had such good potential but it was just it was okay it wasn't bad but it was okay oh another dynamic bride movie yep he's he's the guy everywhere yeah so 
That's what was believed to have happened originally. But according to law enforcement reports, Wells himself was believed to have participated in the planning of the robbery and was aware of the complex plot. Whoa, Ooh. twist. So twist so early. Dude, there's a lot of there's a lot of double crossing involved. So Wells was believed to have been a co-conspirator with a group of individuals who devised the entire ruse uh, in order to full uh, oh so he was he was with this group who of individuals who de- devised the entire ruse and in order to fully understand the strange and complex story we have to take a little sidebar into who these individuals are so the three main characters of this tale are Marjorie Armstrong Kenneth Barnes and William Rothstein, all friends with questionable morals and past that would lead them that would lead them to this crazy and chaotic heist. So, uh, 54-year-old Marjorie Eleanor uh, Marge. Hey, help me! Uh, <laughs> d- <laughs> Well, it's terrifying. Holy shit. <laughs> I had to do I'm it. not saying it was bad. I'm just saying that scared me. Hey, homie. <laughs> Everybody's got a little hey, homie. If you're in your car right now, try a hey, homie. Yeah, David, I want to hear you try it. One more time. You want to go? What? You want me to do it one more time? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, homie. <laughs> you're allowed to mess up. It's okay. It's part of the process. Yeah. yeah. Hey, homie. That's good. Pretty good, right? You do that one. Give just, me one. I don't. I'm not. I can't. I can't oh. do it. I don't um, think I can do it. The lady who voiced Marge is a San Diego State <laughs> alum. So hey, there you go. Hey, the only one I've got is go uh, Patrick Starr. Give me him. No, I'm saying that he was he was my he was my alma mater's uh, mm. alum. Oh, there you're gonna. Can I get a and Patrick Starr impression? Palin. Can I get a Patrick Starr impression? Regardless? Who are you calling Pinhead? Pretty good. Not too bad. <laughs> Not too bad, homie. Anyway, so, like I said, 54-year-old Marjorie Eleanor Marge Del Armstrong um, had a history of suffering from multiple mental illnesses, including bipolar disorder. Great start. Since her early teens and seemed to have been a serial killer. Oh. So, So, before her mental health deterioration in her 20s, uh, Armstrong had an exemplary student was an exemplary exemplary student in high school and earned a master's degree from Cannon College. So she was smart, you know. She was the fuck's Cannon College. Where's Cannon College? Uh, it looks like it's a it's it's on Seal Island. Oh, there you <laughs> go. No, it's uh, where is this? Where is this? Where is this? Oh, it's in Erie, Pennsylvania. That makes sense. Oh, it's a prestigious uh, school. I think it's a oh, it's a private university. It's a Catholic private university. Oh, but yeah, you know maybe what? Nice. Yeah, I mean they got like they got millions, so they're good. Yeah. So, in 1984, she shot her boyfriend Robert Thomas six times as he lay on the couch, but was acquitted on claims of self-defense. Her husband and several other partners also died under suspicious circumstances. And Armstrong, uh, oh, I, I won't, I won't go into that yet. But uh, so she was like straight up murdering people. Like she was murdering her husband's boyfriends, um, several other partners. She's what do they call them? Black widows, something like that. Yeah. 
But, like, I just don't get how you could just be, like, there are women and men out there who, like, their their husbands or wives die in mysterious circumstances, and it, like, happens two or three times, and, like, the judge is, like, we got no evidence. You just have bad luck, I guess. It's, like, how, how, uh, like, and they're always, like, fucking crazy. They always, like, look like they murder spouses, right? Yeah. Got they always the got eyes. Yeah, they got the the landfill teeth, as I like to call them. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> what? What? Nothing, man. You're the one who the brought eye, it up. The eyes are the windows to the soul. It's true, but uh, you know, if you're if you're if you're not brushing your teeth, you're probably too busy murdering your spouse. That's what I always say. <laughs> so true. brush your brush your teeth, kids and adults. Um, so yeah, she was a little cuckoo crazy. Uh, the next person, 49 year old Kenneth Barnes was a retired television repairman, crack dealer and Armstrong's fishing buddy. He suffered from diabetes and, uh, uh, he died in prison later, but uh, I don't want to give away. I keep, I keep fucking saying things at the end. (laughs) I don't want to (laughs) say he's still alive. I mean, um, 59, uh, the next person, 59-year-old William Ansel Rothstein, a.k.a. Bill, dated Armstrong in the late 1960s and early 1970s. He was implicated in a 1977 murder after he gave a handgun to a friend who used it to murder a romantic rival. This is what I'm talking about. These people, their hobby is murdering spouses. I'm telling you, man. He later attempted to destroy the weapon, but was granted immunity from uh, prosecution in exchange for his testimony. Rothstein was a handyman and part-time shop uh, shop teacher, Jesus Christ, and was part of a group called the Fractured Intellectuals, intelligent people who were not well-adjusted. Okay. I mean, who who decides, I guess? I don't know. It's kind of weird to show up and be like, I'm pretty intelligent. I just... Also, PP in my neighbor's mailbox. You're like, what? They're like, Einstein lost his way home from school the every day. They all look thirsty. I love that. Yeah, it, he shows up and he's like, <laughs> what? He said he peed in their mailbox, and I said their mail looked thirsty. Oh, yeah, it did. <clears throat> it totally did. I love the guys who are like, uh, they're like, ah, this is mean. They're dumb, and then they go, Steve, Steve Jobs dropped out of college. Albert Einstein dropped out. He failed math. And you're like, you're, you're different. <laughs> you're, you just you're built, built different. You're you know? just built different. You have a pee-pee in the mailbox body. I just pee-pee on a chicken. You know, that's yeah. <laughs> so, We're not the same. We are not the same. So Roth, uh, Rothstein, like you said, he's a he's part of Fractured Intellectuals. And Rothstein was admitted to the Mill Creek Community Hospital. Oh, I'm not going to read that part either. Why do I keep putting that, man? I don't want to put the part where it gives away certain things. So we'll come back to that. Um, D, uh, Armstrong, Barnes, and Rothstein seem to have had issues with compulsive hoarding also, which is just a fun little side note. They're all hoarders, which is yeah. interesting. You know, yeah. I don't know. Like there's some, I'm not saying people who murder or do bad things are hoarders. And I'm not saying hoarders do bad things, but okay. I'm saying they're, they're in this story. They are connected. I used to have a neighbor that was on the show hoarders. You told me about that. You pointed at their house. Shit was wild. Did they still have a bunch of shit? I think they cleared it out, but they still like put more shit back in, right? 
Yeah, it was wild. The entire front yard was just full stacked. of dead spouses. So many. <laughs> Fucking smelt. <laughs> so I thought rats. they were lawn gnomes until I realized they were all six foot one men who had <laughs> blood coming out of their face. Anyway, so here's how the plot supposedly went down uh, with uh, all all three of those hooligans and uh, Brian Wells. So at Kenneth Barnes' home, he, Armstrong, and William Rothstein discussed ways they could make money. Armstrong suggested Barnes kill her father, as in, like, hey, Barnes, can you kill my dad? I'm, I'm Marge. I'm Marge Armstrong. Barnes, kill my father. Uh, and his name was Harold. So, so she would receive an inheritance. So she's like, kill my dad. I'll receive the inheritance. Barnes told her he was willing to do this for $200,000, equivalent okay. to uh, almost $300,000 in 2020. Yeah. Um, the, collar bomb, uh, the collar bomb bank robbery plot was hatched to obtain enough money to pay Barnes to kill Armstrong's father, which is fucking crazy. Yeah. They, they performed one hugely like public crime to perform a more like private crime like a murder i'm not saying do any of this but like a murder back in early 2000s was probably easier to get away with than a public bank robbery but at the same time they kind of used like wells they were going to use him as like a scapegoat he was going to go I, I got the money and I gave it to the people and like of course I might be going to prison but I'm a victim you know he was gonna play mm-hmm. the victim card and say that these three black men put a collar bomb on him so he wasn't gonna face any time and they were never gonna catch these guys so I guess it does kind of make sense but fuck man like take out a loan I don't know um so people are still unsure if Brian Wells uh. Uh, obliviousness to the plan if he was oblivious to the plan or if he had originally been involved and then got double crossed because this is what happened next see according to sorry this is a little convoluted by the way i know it sounds a little wacky but um according to law enforcement upon arriving at the television tower wells found the plot had changed and learned that the supposed fake bomb was now a real bomb so Wells was accosted at gunpoint by the three and forced to participate. <clears throat> the details of the event at the tower had led to the bomb being attached to Wells' neck. Um, oh, the details that led to the bomb being attached to Wells' neck have been have never been confirmed, but evidence suggests that there was a struggle and that Barnes, Armstrong, and Rothstein uh, were all present at the time. So basically what they think happened was Wells knew about it, Hey, we'll order a pizza here. You show up. We'll put a fake bomb on you. You'll go rob the banks. We'll cut you in on it, um, and you won't get caught because you, you're a hostage. And he goes, perfect. He shows up. They pull a real gun on him and go, put this on. And he goes, what the fuck? That's a real bomb. And they go, You guys yep. are really into this, huh? <laughs> He's like, hey, Marge, don't do this. <laughs> She's like, I'm sorry, Brian. Um. Whoa! Wait! Wait! What? No, he's like Family Guy now. What's this? No, that was still Marge. He should have been like, 
when they put the bomb on him, he should have been like, I Carumba. <laughs> eat my shorts. I don't Yeah, eat my know. shorts. You bring that back. There we go. So, uh, so when Wells discovered that the bomb was real, Barnes said, uh, uh, said a pistol was fired in order to force Wells, uh, compliance and witnesses confirmed hearing a gunshot. So they, they shot the gun in the air and they're like, you're putting this on. After the bomb was applied, Wells was given a uh, sophisticated homemade shotgun. You hear that? Sophisticated, David. You hear that? Okay. Okay. Which had the appearance of an unusually shaped cane. I've seen it. It's not that sophisticated. It's a little bit better than you think, but it's still not great. So, like stated earlier, Wells was given nine lengthy pages of writing instructing him to not only rob a bank but to complete a series of strictly timed tasks of collecting keys that would delay detonation and eventually defuse the bomb wells was instructed to quietly enter the pnc bank at summit town center on peach street and give the teller and a fixed note demanding uh, $250,000 and to use his shotgun to threaten anyone who did not cooperate or attempt or attempted to flee. Upon entering the bank around 2.30 p.m., Wells slid the note to the teller. The note stated the bomb would explode in 15 minutes and that the full amount must be handed over within the time. The teller was unable to access the vault that quickly and uh, that quickly and gave Wells a bag containing how much, David? $69. No, it was $8,702. Still not a big chunk of change. No. Uh, with which he exited the bank. So he just took it. He's like, uh, okay. And at 2.38, a witness, this was eight minutes later, a witness called 911 from the bank and reported a male leaving the bank with a bomb or something wrapped around his neck. This is the first known emergency call for the incident, according uh, for the incident, and according to witnesses at the bank in surveillance footage, he entered the bank uh, after entering the bank, Wells waited in line. Uh, when he reached the counter, he began sucking a lo- lollipop. <laughs> Okay. He appeared confident as he left the bank, swinging his cane gun and the bag of money like Charlie Chaplin, according to one witness. <laughs> Which is so weird. Very animated. I well, I just like I once again, I wonder what actually went down because if he knew that it was a real bomb, maybe he was just like, oh, they're not going to detonate it, like. We like it has to be a real bomb. So if you get caught, it like looks more real. So maybe he was still like confident enough because I'd be fucking yeah. scared. But you know, I'm not. I'm not Brian. I'm not Brian. So around 15 minutes after Wells left the bank, he had completed the first task of the treasure hunt. He was proceeding with the second task when the police saw him standing outside his automobile and promptly arrested him. Uh, handcuffed him and left him sitting on the ground in the parking lot. Wells had said, uh, Wells said three unnamed black people had not cool. Brian had placed a bomb around his neck, provided him with the shotgun and told him they would kill him unless he committed the robbery and completed several other tasks. The responding police officers did not attempt to disarm the device, instead focusing on clearing the immediate area of pedestrians and ensuring Wells could not de- detonate the device. Because, I mean, at the time, you don't even know if this guy's story is real. Like, he could have yeah. put that bomb on himself, and he's like, I'm a suicide bomber. 
you know, so like they can't just be like, yeah, we're going to send somebody in there to like take that off your neck when you could be having, you could have the detonator in your pocket. And when we get close enough, you're just going to blow it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the bomb squad was, was called, was first called at 3.04 PM. So this is like about 30 minutes later, at least, Oh, at least 30 minutes after the 911 call from the bank and about 10 minutes after Wells was arrested. At 3.18, three minutes before the bomb squad arrived, the bomb detonated and blasted a fist-sized hole in Wells' chest, killing him in seconds. Traffic congested in the area delayed the bomb squad's arrival, but personnel from the ATF still considered their response appropriately quick. I mean, yeah. (laughs) I like how they put that in there. We did as a like pretty a, good job. I mean, they're yeah. like, they're he like, died, hey. but, you know, we did pretty good. Like, he might have been involved, technically. <laughs> I don't think it's a bad thing that we got Baconators from Wendy's first. I think it's fair. <laughs> I It's a Sunday. I didn't expect to work today. This is bullshit. So, so through the note claimed, uh, oh, sorry. Though the note claimed Wells wouldn't would gain extra time by each key found police later traveled the notes route and could not complete it in the allotted time implying Wells uh, would not have enough time to get the bomb defused. Many believed that the plan was to kill Brian all along to remove one more witness and potential payout. So that's what I mean by like, I mean, he got double crossed like by having a real bomb put on his neck, but apparently they were, planning on killing him the entire time or they weren't smart enough despite his intellectual group to uh plan or time that out where he would you know it might have been an accident at the same time where like no he'll get there in time and then they just miscalculated and it killed him but who knows so the collar of the bomb was still intact and wells body oh my god I forgot I wrote this. The collar of the bomb was still intact, and Wells' body was decapitated so it could be uh, retained. They cut off his head to get the the, oh, the yeah. bomb. Um, now, directly after this crime, none of the other three co-conspirators were on the police's radar until another body showed up. See, just to shorten an already long story, I'll read you off a list of events that took place after that uh after that led to all of their deaths or imprisonment so like i said all that shit went down and then so much shit went down after among the three people that i just like kind of i'm doing like a timeline read off because it's so complicated and so long i highly suggest watching that documentary evil genius if you want like a really detailed breakdown so um September 20, 2003, Rothstein calls 911 to report that the body of James Roden, uh, Armstrong's boyfriend, is stuffed in a freezer in Rothstein's garage. He blames Armstrong. So he finds a body in his freezer of Armstrong, the woman's boyfriend, and he's like, yo, this bitch killed somebody and put him in my freezer. Um, uh, the next day, uh, 2000. Uh, September 21st, 2003, Erie police charge Armstrong in Roden's death, uh, alleging she fatally shot him at her East 7th Street house in Erie sometime before August 28th and then helped move the body to Rothstein's Upper Peach Street house. September 24, 2003, police and federal agents uh, question Rothstein about Wells' case. He says he may have used the payphone that was the source of the final phone calls to Wells. So he's kind of admitting that he he 
called Wells and was like, hey, you robbed the bank or some shit like that. Mid-March 2004, Armstrong, who suffered from bipolar disorder, is transferred from the Erie County Prison to Mayview State Hospital near Pittsburgh for a long-term psychiatric evaluation in the Rodin case. She is off-limits to investigators while at Mayview because of her mental state. So she's not allowed to be investigated about anything concerning the Wells case because she's in an insane asylum. Um uh, July 30th, 2004, Rothstein, 60, dies of cancer. Cancer. He says nothing about the Wells case, to, Wells case to investigators who questioned him on his deathbed. So he, the guy who found the dead body in his freezer, just kind of, he died of cancer, and he was like, I'm not saying anything about this. Uh, January 7th, 2005, Armstrong pleads guilty but mentally ill to third-degree murder in the road and death in Erie County Court and is sentenced to 7 to 20 years in state prison. July 5th, 2005, Armstrong says she killed Roden to silence him in the Wells plot, and she says she never spoke in detail about his killing because she feared it would implicate her in the Wells case. In the summer of 2003, she says she gave Rothstein's kitchen ti- oh she gave Rothstein kitchen timers, uh, integral components to the collar bomb, and was a quarter of a mile from the bank robbery site when Wells was killed. So she's basically going, I was involved. I gave Rothstein, the guy who died of cancer, I gave him kitchen timers to yeah. make the bomb collar, and yes, I was nearby. Basically saying like. I didn't have anything to do with it, but I I had I didn't kill him, but I had something to do with it because she's kind of backed into a corner. Yeah. Um, just to wrap this up, then Barnes and Armstrong uh, started turning on each other. So uh, the two people that were that are left from uh, this heist, they start turning on each other because now they're both in prison or jail, I believe. And Barnes says that he and Armstrong watched wells through binoculars before he was killed and uh and that she was the mastermind the entire time she flips and denies it uh barnes calls her a liar uh, they search Barnes' house and find a bunch of bomb-making materials. Oh. Barnes gets 45 years in federal prison, then testifies against Armstrong, and she gets life in prison plus 30 years. About eight years later, Barnes dies of diabetes complication, and Armstrong Armstrong dies of cancer. Um, and just to wrap this up, in 2018, a woman named Jessica Hoopstick admitted to her involvement in the plot. Melissa Chan of of the of the Time magazine wrote, Hoopstick says a conspirator approached her to find a gopher who who could be scared into robbing a bank. In 2018, documentary Evil Genius, uh, Hoopstick identifies the conspirator as Barnes and alleges she recommends Oh, this is so fucking confusing. There's so many fucking people. <laughs> yeah. Basically, this woman came forward and said Barnes and this woman like came to her and were like, Hey, do you know anybody who's a pushover? And she's like, yeah, I know this guy, Brian Wells. He shows up here and, uh, he, he like does odd jobs and he's kind of a pushover and blah, blah, blah. He's a pizza delivery guy. And, uh, so she like passed Wells along to them. And she said she like felt really regretful about the whole situation. And, but she didn't know about that. They were going to use him for a robbery. And then uh, in the end, uh, they believe that she always knew more but didn't say it. And uh, Wick also expressed concern Hoopstick might be 
not might not. Oh, she. A lot of people go. She might not be a credible witness because Brian Wells's family was like, "No way, he would never do something like this." You know, because they want to like save his name, even though he had a bomb collar attached to his neck, then that yeah. he probably put on there. But you know, it's it's such a complicated fucking story. But I With feel no like answers. no answers. No, yeah, no answers. Everybody who was involved died. And I think if you guys watch Evil Genius, you'll get like a probably a much better breakdown than what I did. But I realized that while writing the story a year ago, which is why I probably shelved it, that it was way too long and complicated. And I was like, I'll put this back up. And I restarted. I started writing it again. And I was like, fuck, it is too complicated, but I'm going to keep going with it. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, the, the, the brief overview of what was going on. I'm sorry if you got a little complicated and lost along the way, but... Uh, yeah, it seems like a story you could have done like six episodes on. I know, fuck, dude, <clears throat> seriously. But uh, yeah, if you watch it, you, you got to see their faces. They got crazy eyes and garbage pale kids' teeth, and it's great. It's it's fun. It's good time, man. And they they have the video of the of the bomb going off. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, I think I've seen that. Yeah, it's like pretty far away and like pixelated, so it's like yeah, it's yeah. not that bad. To watch you see it. a head kind of fly. Yeah, he's like in a hole in his chest. There's a big hole in this chest. But, yeah, so that's the story of Brian Wells. So, All right, Tobin. Well, you know, we're finally back. Um, our lives might be a mess, but they could be worse. You know, we, we could be in India. Um, and I don't mean that <laughs> in the way that it sounded. <laughs> I've never been to India, uh, but I'm sure I'd love it. You know, I, I absolutely love their food, and I feel like, you know, that's the first step of loving a uh, country and, the, and its culture. Of course. Uh, I mean that in the sense that we are lucky because there is something that goes bump in the night over in India. And Tobin, you aren't going to believe it. This little monkey is the monkey man of India. <laughs> is it really? Yes, it is. <laughs> I know you. I fucking know you. In May of 2001, in the area of uh, New Delhi, people were terrified. What they were terrified of was the question. Upwards of over 50 reports were made, which is actually not true. I'll get into that later. Um, I realized at the end that that's not exactly true. Uh, 50 reports were made of people saying what they named the monkey man. See, when I think of monkey man, I think of, you know, maybe Bigfoot, maybe a more friendlier version who uh, would be a hell of an entertainer. But unfortunately for the people of New Delhi, uh, this monkey man left a long trail of scarred people and even some more fatal encounters ending with people losing their lives to the creature. I just have to say, you don't get in the way. You don't get in between a monkey man and a New Delhi. It's true. Because New Delhi... I mean, Arby's got the meats, but New sure, Delhi's got the old. meats too. Yeah. Yeah. New Delhi's got the old meats. Yeah. No, Arby's got the old meats. Oh, you're right. New Delhi has the new meats. Yeah. That's why news in the name. Uh, this quickly became bigger than, you know, word around the city when it hit global media outlets like CNN and Time Magazine. Um, Damn, it's in time? Oh, yeah. thought that was strictly for neck bombs. No. No, it's it's monkey men make the cut, too. Damn. Um, so the description. This is a tricky part uh, because the descriptions can vary, and uh, that is due to the fact that his activity or her activity 
with us fellow humans always took place at night, making it difficult to get a good look at the monster. Plus, he was a quick boy. He's a leaper. Not a leper. He was a leaper. Oh. he. I you mean, know, you thought you'd see him, all of a sudden he's gone. I mean, there's only like, I feel like I haven't seen a monkey that's not a leaper. Even that's like true. a gorilla, you know, like they, they, they leap. They leap. Not uh, far, but they, you know, they do leap. Uh, orangutans, they're more of like a swinger. They, they got like those big bellies. They can't really leap that yeah. well. But they're more of like a hanger, swinger, you know. Eater. Eater. They're they're the yeah. nice nicest monkey in my opinion, right? I feel or, like they would still rip your arms off. Uh, well, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm not saying they wouldn't just completely destroy you. Yeah, discombobulate you. Discombobulate. Is, is that from is that from fucking uh, Sherlock Holmes? Discombobulate. I've never se- I've never seen discombobulate. The movie, but yes, that is from that. Um, some people describe the Monkey Man as a human-sized monkey with glowing red eyes, long arms with sharp claws, which some even said that they were more than claws, but metal gloves, much like the ones worn by Freddy Krueger. Oh, what? Yeah. Wait. Um. <laughs> oh, it gets it gets better. Trust me. This monkey has metal glove? Monkey has metal glove. That has, um, that's no monkey. That's a wolverine. Others describe the monkey man to have a fox-like snout, eight Ooh. feet tall, a Ooh. total beefcake who can uh, leap from building top to building top. Okay. So that's two of the descriptions. Now, this one, this other one, um, is the one that you're going to love, and it's the variation of the monkey man that I have fallen in love with. So, uh, some have stated that the Monkey Man wears a helmet. What? A leather jacket. No. Sunglasses. No. He's cool already. And rode a fucking motorcycle. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) That is the coolest monkey. You would think I made that up, but I'm not. That's 100%. That's 100% what it was. Nothing say. more dangerous than riding a motorcycle with a Freddy Krueger glove, but also nothing cooler. I mean, if that's not the most incredible thing you've ever heard, um, then, you know, get the fuck out of my face. You could, <laughs> could you imagine that dude rolling up on you, kicking your teeth out for no reason, then hopping back on his Harley and peeling off? I want to see him smoke a cigarette between his blades. Oh, you know, you know he was smoking. He was smoking. Chain those smoker. Cigarettes. Oh, my uh, gosh. So, you know, that's the main descriptions available, being that the majority of people who believe to have seen him never got a close enough uh, see uh, to see any of the details. But, uh, you know, they would just see a shadow of what they would believe the monkey man. You know, they see a shadow of maybe like long arms, wow, and I short feel, legs, and then leap away. I feel like when people see my shadow, they don't compliment me as much as, has a leather jacket, <laughs> rides yeah. a motorcycle, has a Freddy Krueger glove. They go, yeah, he got a ride. weird gimpy leg. His uh, his eye look kind of lazy. He he had three long fingernail. He physically can't shut his mouth. His uh, he had butt hair poking out the top of his pants. I thought he had a tail, but it was just his butt hair. <laughs> I thought he had a tail, but I think he was tucking his wiener between his legs. Big bushy tail. <laughs> big smelly tail. Okay. A big smelly pale tail. <laughs> oh yes, uh I'll have the uh the pale tail. Yeah, can I get that on draft? 
That was the funniest joke I've ever fucking said, dude. That was, was so funny. So the Indian media lost it when the story landed on their laps, and many think that they kind of blew it out of proportion for some good old scary media. Uh, unfortunately, that made people terrified for their lives, which unloaded a difficult situation on law enforcement. Because unlike American law enforcement, Indian police officers are never trained how to handle large monkey man creatures effectively. And uh, that's something you got to get trained for. You can't you, just go into that blind. Are you kidding me? Are you t- They weren't trained for monkey no. men yet? That's like, no. that's like policing 101. I know. They're a little behind. Jesus. They don't know about like the peanut butter traps. They don't know about the <laughs> banana bombs. Um, yeah, yeah, like the other one. Um, uh, like a like a uh, <laughs> the gears are turning over there. <laughs> big Chinese finger trap. Uh, oh yeah, tunnel. <laughs> the the booby trap unicycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Hat with glue on it. <laughs> like you put the hat on. What's well, a heavy hat? It's like pretty heavy. It's gonna drag you down. Yeah, oh, uh, like um, car handle, motorcycle handle with glue on it. Yeah, a lot um, of glue. Yeah, like a lot of... Um, they don't get it. That's the majority of the traps, which is a lot of glue. It's like a giant spider trap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, sometimes they have like a Dorit, uh, Pringles can. Oh, with glue at the bottom? Well, yeah, of course. It has. <laughs> <laughs> that goes without saying. <laughs> I mean, why, why am I talking about it if it's not glue involved? Uh, the police came up with an idea, which in part probably had to do with them not believing that the monkey man was real, but they put out a cash prize for, uh, anyone that could catch a the monkey prize man. or a reward. <laughs> What's I like the difference? it. I like it being a prize. Like it to catch the monkey man is a game. Oh yeah. <laughs> but he will, he does have a metal Freddy Krueger glove. He will kill. <laughs> The, oh, I mean, hey, Squid Game, you, there's a prize, am I right? Yeah, there so, you go. hey. So, yeah, the, the, the prize was 50,000 rupees, which comes out to, you want to take a guess what 50,000 rupees was in 2001? Uh, I literally couldn't tell you what 50,000 rupees is now. You want, you want to take a swing at USD? The fucking $23,000. One thousand dollars, which you know, a thousand bucks is nice. But I feel like if you know you're gonna be catching the monkey man, you could probably find a better buyer. Yeah, caught the bastard. His motorcycle, his leather jacket alone is probably worth more than a thousand bucks. I think you're. Yeah, I mean, the leather jacket is where all his money went. Yeah, you know, all that and. Oh, but his uh, sunglasses, they're Oakley gas cans, the white ones. (laughs) It's, oh shit! Okay, wait. I take back everything. He's cool as fuck. Um, but also, I think a lot of his money also went to a lot of goo gone. That's true. Because he needs to get out of those traps. There's no way he's lasted this long without a, a hefty sum of goo gone. A lot of goo gone. So uh, after putting the city in hunt mode, more and more civilians took the streets at night, armed with fire bombs, sticks, and whatever they deemed worthy as monster killing weapons. What? Yeah, I don't entirely know what firebombs are. You think they're like Molotovs? I think it's a Molotov. Yeah. It's pretty cool, uh, though. So people got so crazy about this. Uh, an unlucky van driver who must have had an incredible beard uh, was being close to death by a mob in mistake of identity wait, with the monkey wait, man. Wait, wait, what? 
Yeah, he was hospitalized with major injuries. Did you say he was beaten to death? Beaten close to death. Oh, okay. At least that's good. Yeah, he didn't die, but it got pretty close. He's getting beaten up. He's like, come on, I'm already having to drive a van. That's not even cool. That guy got a fucking motorcycle. I like how they literally chose... They're like, the monkey man drives a motorcycle, the coolest form of transportation. <laughs> and they go after the guy driving the van. Like, the yeah. van is is strictly for... for uh, Mass transportation. Yeah, like practical purposes. You know, he's not trying to be anything <laughs> he's not in that van. Jesus, leave the poor man alone. I just want... I mean, it's awful, but I do want to know what this guy looked like. <laughs> to be mistaken for the monkey man monster. Um, <laughs> That's one like of, <laughs> so insulting. That probably hurt more than the injuries, uh, the physical ones. One of the things that made this case difficult was the lack of any uh, true evidence pointing towards a monkey man. You know, there are no photos, no footprints, no, you know, no nothing for forensics to investigate. So in the official reports, the injuries that were claimed to have been inflicted by the monkey man were labeled as uh, hallucinations. Oh. Uh, Yeah. Well, kind of taking credit away from monkey man. A little bit. He's like, I beat the shit out of them. (laughs) Yeah. All of the injuries that were caused by the monkey man uh, were considered close to injuries caused by rats and dogs, according to the... (laughs) The law enforcement, <laughs> a.k.a. the non-believers. Wait, I have a problem, though. Do these yeah. rats and dogs have metal knife gloves? I think they're invisible is the biggest <laughs> thing. you got invisible rats now. Oh, yeah. Like, I couldn't see them, but I felt some gnawing on my Achilles. Invisible shadow-casting dogs and rats. Yeah, what the fuck? So uh, it became quickly believed that many of the injuries reported were faked to gain uh, media attention. How dare they? And in a study, it was reported that they believed uh, out of the 397 reports of attacks by the monkey man between May 10th and May 25th, 397 reports. Um, Only 51 were detailed enough to be considered legitimate. He was horny. How insane is that? 15 days, basically two weeks, nearly 400 people claim to be attacked by the monkey man. I believe it. He's horny. Do I have so, to say it again? Horny I tried to do some, I tried to do some math here. Um, so according to data, worlddata.info, uh, New Delhi has about 13 and a half hours of daylight in the month of May. So that means the night, because he only comes out at night, is about 10 and a half hours a day. So you multiply that by 15 days, that's 157 and a half hours. Mm-hmm. So divide that by 397 attacks. That means the monkey man was attacking someone every 39 minutes. <laughs> See, David, this is why this is where your math is not correct. Everybody knows yeah, the monkey man. I, I never passed a math class. I don't know. Maybe he was attacking gangs. No, yeah, people. exactly. He he goes after groups of uh, four or five to really yeah. consolidate his. He has a quota to meet. He's not a dumb man, the monkey man. He he's there to he. Here's here's the other thing you don't really get, David. Oh, let me get this right. Oh, he's a monkey man. He's an animal. What's one thing we know about animals? Animals can talk to other animals, okay? Yeah. 
That means he was hiring rats and dogs to help him attack the people of New Delhi. Because who are the other two biggest Delhi lovers in the world? Rats and dogs. La cucaracha. Well, the cockroaches were trying. They couldn't do much. (laughs) They tried their best. He's like, I crawled in his asshole. (laughs) They're like, cockroach, just like stay out of this. And he's like, he was delicious. He's like, (laughs) he he was eating meat. Cockroach is the only one that got the meats. (laughs) He got the meats. He got all the meats. Uh, it was also provided that two-thirds of the reports came from males between the ages of 20 and 30. He's horny. Now that No, I'm saying the, the reports. The no, people that I, reported being attacked. Oh, I see. Okay. okay. He likes I thought nice, you were saying they were horny. He likes a nice uh, young man. Now that I don't belong to that age group, I can confirm they would lie about being attacked by a monkey man without a doubt in my mind. Uh now that I'm 31, almost 32, <laughs> I'm much more mature. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't throw Monkey Man's name in the dirt like that. Uh, so this is the part where we talk about the unfortunate side of the story. Regardless on whether or not the Monkey Man was responsible, these are the injuries and deaths in retaliation or in relation to the events. So we talked about the poor cab driver who was wrongfully identified and attacked. Uh, But there were plenty of injuries that occurred uh, from people running from the monster. And I have, I think I waited two here. Um, One man fell from a roof after he spotted the monkey man. What? Uh, It doesn't confirm or deny if he had died or what level injury he sustained from the fall. But does yeah, he, a guy f- fell off a roof because he d- thought he saw him. Does he like? Get, do you think he fell off the roof? He's like, I feel so stupid. I'm just gonna blame the monkey man. Oh my it's god! Possible. Oh my god! I know it was the invisible fucking dog. Yeah, it's it's the invisible dog fucking the dog roof. bumped him right off. I don't know what happened. Yeah, I can't. There was tell also people. Uh, there was also a pregnant woman who fell down a flight of stairs and died. Oh, after wait. she heard the monkey man was nearby. And out of fear, she suffered a misstep and died. She heard. Did somebody yell "Monkey Man's nearby"? And then yeah, I think so. I think someone probably on the street yelled like "It's the Monkey Man," and she tried to run and fell down the stairs and died. There's there's a part of me that kind of hopes that's real and not that somebody fucking pushed her down the stairs and was like "Monkey Man," <laughs> you know how it happens. Yeah. Jesus. So, aiding to the accidents was the darkness of the night. Um, since, you know, he only came out at night, it's kind of a perfect storm when you are in fear and you're running for your life, but it's too dark to safely do so, you know, you make mistakes. So to this day, uh, no bulletproof evidence was ever found linking a monkey man to all the terror in the city of New Delhi. But, you know, for the counselors and campers here at Camp Strange, we can all agree he probably realized it wasn't the place for him. And rode his Harley into the sunset. Mm, to find a newer deli. Yeah. You know? The newest deli. The newest. What, yeah. what year did this happen? Uh, 2001. Damn, this was just about around the time of uh, Pizza Bomb. Yeah, the, the newest deli. You know who put that fucking, that fucking, that bomb around his the neck? The mastermind. Yeah, he's like, give me that pizza. I've been hungry. 
You know how long I've been riding this hog. See, and that's the problem. It all connects. He no. couldn't finish all of the nine tasks because Monkey Man isn't good at math. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He was trying to attack every 38 minutes. He knew he couldn't keep up with the quota. Yep. Fuck. Anyway. What are you going to do? Wow. It's just it's just really eye-opening to uh, just other people's cultures. This is really beautiful. Yeah. Monkey with a leather jacket and a Freddy Krueger glove. Yeah. It's nice. Beautiful. I kind of want one. Uh, a monkey man? Just like a cool folklore legend that's just like inadvertently murdering people by accident or causing mm. mob mentality. Yeah. <laughs> Just fun, just good old fashioned American fun or yeah. Indian fun. Yeah. So they 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 invented it. You know, we just got to keep up. Anyway, so David, do you have? Uh, I think that wraps up everything yeah. uh, that we had to talk to you about. Uh, we're back and we're we're bringing the stories, and we hope you enjoyed that we're back and bringing the stories. And uh, if you guys want any more information, you go to Camp Strange Podcast on Instagram. Or you can send us, and all the hyperlinks are in the fucking description. You know the full, you know the thing. And if you want to send us an email, send it to campstrangepodcast at gmail.com. And uh, rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast on. And uh, David, do you have anything to say before you officially head out? Oh, shit. Uh, Monkey Man's innocent. He did it. No, he didn't. Yeah. Prove it. Buying, booking my ticket to New Delhi as we speak. Here we go. Anyway, thank you guys so much, and uh, don't forget to stay strange. <laughs>